This morning, God's Word comes to us from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs 7, and we'll be reading the 27 verses of this chapter. Proverbs 7, beginning at verse 1, what we hear now is God's word. My son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman and from the adulteress with her smooth words. For at the window of my house I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. And behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home, now in the street, now in the market. And at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold faith she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices, and today I have paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Here we are in the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of your Trinity Psalter hymnals to page 892 in the back section. This is the Heidelberg Catechism, and this morning we're looking at Lord's Day 41. I will read for you question and answers 108 and 109. Reading from page 892, question 108. What is God's will for us in the seventh commandment, that God condemns all unchastity. 
and that we should therefore detest it wholeheartedly and live decent and chaste lives within or outside of the holy state of marriage. Question 109, does God in this commandment forbid only such scandalous sins as adultery? We are temples of the Holy Spirit, body and soul, and God wants both to be kept clean and holy. That is why God forbids all unchaste actions, looks, talk, thoughts, or desires, and whatever may incite someone to them. Well, this morning we are continuing our study of the second table of the law of God. We looked before at that first table of the law that looks particularly at our relationship with God. Now in the second table, our relationship with our neighbor. And we have seen so far in our study of God's law, there is often a much broader application than we think. We saw that last week when we looked at the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. We were taught by Jesus himself that includes much more than just the taking of someone's life. It includes our anger. And beyond that, we are actually to love those around us. We are to love our enemies. The command is much broader than we might think. We see the same thing today as we approach the seventh commandment. We may be tempted to very uh, narrowly construe this command as dealing only with those who are married. But our catechism, a wonderful help in this, reminds us this. Uh, what is God's will for us in the seventh commandment? God condemns all unchastity. God condemns all unchastity. <clears throat> it is a command for all of us. The seventh commandment is a command for men and for women. It is a command for young and for old. It is a command for married and for those who are single. God condemns all unchastity. Now, children, the word unchastity is probably not a word you have heard before. It's not a word we use very often. In fact, as I was typing up my notes for this sermon, uh, my spell checker didn't recognize the word unchastity. Kept having me try to change it to something else. Unchastity, children, you can just think of it like this. Unchastity has to do with being impure, unclean. God condemns uncleanness. God condemns impurity. God has called us to holiness in our relationships, and he condemns anything that mitigates against that, all unchastity, anything that would keep us from that holy walk with him. So this morning, we look to the Proverbs. Proverbs, wonderful instructions, often uh, written as instructions from a father to a son, written to teach the way of wisdom, to teach the way of God. We remind ourselves that ultimately the Proverbs are from a father. They are from our father, our father in heaven, to instruct all of us how we are to live in a way that is pleasing to him. So this morning, the word for us from our, from our God, he condemns all unchastity. The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. It is a command for all. 
But we perhaps should focus, particularly at the beginning of this sermon, on those who are married. Marriage is a blessing. It's a wonderful estate to enter into. And we must be so careful, those of us who are married, we must be so careful to guard that marriage relationship to do all we can to keep it strong, to do all we can to keep it pure, that we not be tempted to inappropriate relations with others outside of the marriage. And in fact, I like how our our confession puts this about God's uh, call to us. He forbids all unchaste actions and whatever may incite someone to them. Even things which would incite us to unchastity, we must stay away from. I think, I think in some senses, for those who used to want to find unchaste ways to live, inappropriate things to do, it used to be more difficult. If you wanted to find um, things you should not be looking at, things you should not be reading, you had to go to what was often the bad part of town, the seedy part of town, to find stores that would sell certain magazines and certain books, and you you would go to these clubs, these ugly clubs. But there's been a certain sense now where, where doing those things has been brought to the light. We no longer talk about strip clubs. We talk about gentlemen's clubs. Well, who wouldn't want to go to a gentleman's club? No longer do we need to seek out places where these these things which might incite us to unchastity are, but these things come to us. They come into our very homes. They come into our dens, through our computers. They seek, the images seek us out now. I think even more so than in the past, we must be so very careful that we not, not find these things which incite unchastity. Because the images that we see today are just as deadly, are just as poisonous as those that used to have to be sought out years ago. I would be remiss in my obligation to you and the Lord if I did not particularly address uh, the men in our congregation, the men who are married and the men who are single. We must Be so careful in our thought life. We must be so careful to to even have our thoughts be cleansed by the Holy Spirit. Because the path to unchastity often seems to start so small. It starts with, with, with just a click of the mouse and one image. And yet this, this, this simple beginning can so easily and so quickly grow to something which would ensnare us. God condemns all unchastity. We must flee these things which would incite impurity in our thoughts, impurity in our lives, whether married or single. We must be those who, who honor marriage who recognize the vows taken in marriage, 
Because, you know, when, we, when your parents got married children, they took vows, made promises to each other. And the promises they made were really a two-sided promise. The promise they made was, I will be with you for the rest of my life. That's a promise your mom and dad made to each other. I will be with you for the rest of my life. But the other half of that promise is, I will be with you and I won't be with anyone else. To say yes to our spouse is to say no to every other spouse out there. We must be so careful about the danger of this sin, the seriousness of this sin, we must honor marriage and the vows of marriage. I will be with you, and I will be with no one else. God condemns all unchastity. And this sin, I think one of the reasons it's so dangerous is that it is also so subtle. The path to unchastity in our thoughts or in our actions is a very subtle and progressive path. Look at that in our text this morning. Uh, Verse 6. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense. He says, I looked out and I saw someone who was simple, someone who was unwise, someone who lacked good sense, someone who was not walking in the ways of God. And what did this one, what did this young, uh, young man do? Verse 8. Passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night and darkness. This young man decided he was just going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go out for a walk tonight. But he makes the decision to walk to a place where this woman will be waiting for him. He chooses to walk near her corner. And he goes in the twilight, in the evening, at a time of night and darkness, at a time when he might be hid from those around him. He goes at a time and to a place where he he knows he may be tempted to sin. Time and place equal opportunity. Time and place equal opportunity to be drawn into sin. And that's exactly what happens. Verse 10, and behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, now at every corner, she lies in wait. She is there to ensnare him. She is there to entrap him. She lies in wait for him. And what happens? Verse 13. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifices. Today I have paid my vows. She comes up to him bold and brazen and grabs him and kisses him. There is what we might say a certain shock value, certain shock value in the encounter. And while that may be shocking to the young man, There is also a certain sense 
of excitement in that shock value. It is something different. It is something new. And he begins to be enchanted by it. She says, I have offered my sacrifices. I have paid my vows. In other words, this is a special day. This is a special day. And look, look, I found you. She goes on in verse 15. So now I've come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly. I have found you. <clears throat> she tries to make him feel very special. I found you now. I've been looking for you, she says. But that's just empty flattery. She's a prostitute. She's looking for anyone. And yet this is the one that she finds. And this is the one that she continues to, to try to entangle. She uses sensual language. Verse 16, I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love toward morning. Let us delight ourselves in love. This language which says this will be wonderful. It will be magical. It will be all you could ever hope for. And she continues to entrap him and then to to kind of put the icing on the cake, she says in verse 19, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. He'll be gone for a long time. In other words, you won't get caught. You can commit this sin, and you won't get caught. And step by step by step, she seduces him. He didn't leave the house intending to sleep with her. He simply wanted to walk near her corner. But step by step, his choices led him to where he is now, entrapped. And what is the end of the encounter? Verse 21, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter, as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes into a snare. Well, children, you understand those pictures. You understand the pictures that the Proverbs writer uses like an ox to a slaughter, like a stag who shot with an arrow, like a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. This path of unchastity leads to death. Sins against the seventh commandment, whether we are single or whether we are married, lead to death. They lead to brokenness. They lead to the death of relationships between husband and wife, perhaps between uh, parent and the rest of the family. Brokenness. Death of relationships. It, 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 it affects our walk with the Lord. We feel estranged from God when we are walking in these paths of sin. Death, perhaps, to our witness to Christ and those around us when these sins become public. Death to future ministry opportunities in the church of God. 
These sins can kill our future plans. And again, young people, I want to speak really to you this morning as well. Young people, the choices that you make now with regard to keeping the seventh commandment, to avoiding all unchastity, the choices you make now will have consequences for the future, consequences you probably can't even imagine yet, consequences unknown to you. But the choices you make now will affect your future. If you are currently in a dating relationship and you think, oh, oh, this is the one I'm going to marry, and you begin to act as if you're married already, and then that relationship falls apart, then in the future, when you find that one who you marry, you will need to tell them, I am not presenting myself to you as a pure vessel. And it can break and sometimes kill a relationship. We bring some of this baggage into our marriages with us, and it can last for years. God condemns all unchastity. We must be so careful not to even begin down that path. He decides to go for a walk and then, and then decides to turn toward her corner, and she ends up seducing him. Our writer of Proverbs gives us some very practical help in how we can prevent ourselves from walking down that path. He begins in verse 1. My son, keep my words, treasure up my commandments with you, keep my commandments and live, keep my teaching as the apple of your eye, bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Listen to what God says. Listen to God's law. Listen to God's commandments. These are not given to us to keep us from enjoying life. They are given to us so we can enjoy life. They give us the parameters in which we can live joyfully and freely in our walk with God. We hear God's Word read. We hear God's law read every single Sunday. We hear all of the commandments listed before us. God calls us to hear that truth to know that truth and to live that truth because in the way of truth there is life. Look what he says. Keep my, he says, keep my commandments and live. Her way is the way of death. Her way is the way of destruction. But walk in the ways of God and live and know life. He says in verse 24, And now, O sons, listen to me, be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. Listen. Listen to God. And listen to those whom God has given to us to help us in our walk with Him. Young people, that's your parents. Listen to your parents when they advise you on your relationships. It may surprise you, but your parents understand sin a lot better than you think. 
your parents understand temptation a lot more than you might imagine. And they perhaps have seen the consequences of giving in to sin. God has given us parents to help us in our walk with Him. Listen to God. Listen to His Word. Listen to to the helps He has given. Listen to the parents He has given to us to help us in our walk. And if those are not sufficient to encourage us in the path of righteousness, then listen to those who have gone through the hurts. Listen to those who know the pain firsthand. They will not tell you stories of a couch and linens from Egypt and fine perfumes. They will tell you stories of hurt and pain and tears. God condemns all unchastity. Guard your hearts. Guard your minds. Remember, time plus place equals opportunity. If you know there is a certain time and a certain place where you will be tempted to sin, then flee from that opportunity. Don't place yourself in that situation. We have to learn to to think past short-term gratification and remember the long-term consequences when we fall into sin. Consequences for our marriages, consequences in our family, consequences in our ministry, consequences for our future. And if you find yourself starting down that road, turning toward her corner, then I want to encourage you in something very, very practical this morning. I would suggest that Proverbs 7, verse 27 should be written and stowed in all of our wallets and in all of our purses. When you find yourself tempted to go down that road, read this word of God. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chamber of death. Remind yourself of what the Word of God teaches. Take out that verse. For the Lord God, by His Spirit, uses His Word to encourage us, to warn us, and to change our hearts. Why why so much concern about uh, do not commit adultery? God condemns all unchastity. As we have seen in our evening services the last two weeks, God is so concerned about marriage because marriage is that picture which he uses to describe his relationship to us, to describe what our devotion should be to him, a devotion which does not turn to the side away from him, where we are wholeheartedly devoted to follow after him, committed to him. We, as the bride of Jesus Christ, committed to the bridegroom. Idolatry. Turning away from God is spiritual adultery. That's why God's so concerned about about this, this fidelity to our relationships as a reminder of our call to fidelity to Him and His fidelity to us. Our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is that perfect bridegroom who holds on to His people. 
Yes, God is concerned about this relationship. He is concerned about our physical relationships. He condemns all unchastity. He calls us to holiness. But I would also give you this reminder, this wonderful reminder. For those who are tempted to violate the seventh commandment, for those who perhaps have violated this commandment, this, along with every sin, can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Sins against the seventh commandment, sins against God's call to chastity, are not the unforgivable sin. When we confess that sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin, and he washes us, and he cleanses us, and that purity, that purity of heart and soul is restored. If you have been tempted or committed offenses against God in this way, he has not written you off. Confess your sin, trust in him, and Jesus Christ's blood washes over all the impurities of our hearts and our souls and our bodies. We are cleansed and washed in him. That's the beauty of the gospel. God calls us again this morning, whatever our sin may be, whatever part of unchastity we've broken, to confess that and to know the joy of salvation and the joy of then walking in the path of the Lord, the joy of walking in his ways, turning away from our sin, away from that path of ungodliness, and walking in the path of peace, the path of righteousness, the path of joy. God's law is a blessing for his people. God's law is that way we respond to him in gratitude for all he has done to us. But it is also for us the path of blessing and peace and righteousness. Oh, may God by his spirit help us to commit to walking in his ways, not turning aside to walking in his paths. And may his spirit help us to, to take that walk every day of our lives. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we are so thankful for your word. We are so thankful for your law. For it teaches us the way of peace, the way of righteousness, and the way of holiness. And Lord God, we acknowledge you are concerned about every part of our life. You're concerned about our chastity. And so we pray, Lord God, that you would lead us in ways of holiness, in ways of righteousness. We acknowledge we are weak, we are frail, we are sinful, we stand in need of you. So we pray most earnestly, God, you would uphold us, you would strengthen us by the power of your spirit. Give us that commitment once again today to follow after your paths, to walk in your ways, for that will bring glory to you and it will be a blessing to us. Hear our prayer, O oh God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.